welcome back to Staccato. I haven't actually had a chance to say that yet since we've done the new, um, since we've rebranded. Today we have Noah as our special guest on. So Noah and I know each other because he was my peer leader, like within my college at ASU. So it was honestly like no one else really engaged. Like they did the peer mentor Zooms once a week and it was literally just me, Noah and Jake, who was the other peer leader. So we got to know each other pretty well. And then he became a fan of the podcast and was asking me to come on. So we finally got him. All right. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, who's ever listening in the future, which could include a lot of people. How far you are in the future. So hi. Uh, so as Acacia mentioned, I was her peer leader for a year and Acacia and I got to know each other. I mean, we have a lot of mutual interests being the same program, but I really have always appreciated Acacia's perspective and she's very bright and just fun to, and very self-motivated. I mean, you started your own podcast and I guess you edited it as well, which I'm, I'm surprised because I don't, I think it's, that's such a tedious task for me that I could never do. It's always stopped me from making a podcast, but you know, but I, I am, you know, proud of you. On a, Thank on you. I appreciate this it. This has turned into an Acacia fan club. I will wholeheartedly join that as well. Acacia is the best. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> but okay. So I think I've heard a couple stories from this peer mentor group thing. Is this the group that you would play games with every once in a yes. while? We would okay. do it on Zoom. So we did, what did we did? Not Pictionary. What was it called? It was like a word game. I, I, it was Scriblio? No. No, it's not Scriblio. And Wordle didn't exist yet. We did I do Scriblio once. We did Scriblio in Spanish, remember? Wait, we did? Yes, we did Scriblio. Oh, I completely forgot we about did that. We <laughs> in Spanish. And I remember you got chipmunk. And I, like, didn't know the word for chipmunk. And you were drawing it. And I just, like, we could not figure it out. There was, I can't remember now, that game we played with Jake, though, was so good. Was It wasn't M.A.S.H., Scategories. Scategories. Yes. yes, that's oh, what it was. Is there an online version of that? Mm-hmm. We found yes. online categories. It was so fun. That's right. I'm going to have to get on that. I love Scategories. Not, you know, I mean, it was so weird. Like, you don't have the institutional memory, Acacia, for better or worse. But before the pandemic, like, the peer leader position was so different. Like, we had really? in-person events and stuff. I mean, we had one in March because... It was somewhat normal enough where yeah. we could actually, you know, do that. But Lord, I mean, Jake and I were really trying to engage with people, and it was a you challenge. Did a but good job, you guys did it. Like, because obviously, I mean, you got me if no one else. Like, that's true. I I enjoyed going to that and getting to know you guys, and it actually has reverted back to that. Like now, with the peer. Oh, leaders, really? The peer leaders this year they do in person events once a month. Who are the peer leaders this year? Annie and Abdullah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So is this for like Thunderbird or your major? Thunderbird specifically. Because we're small. There's only, I Annie just told me the other day, there's only 75 undergrads in the entire college. So we're tiny. That's really crazy. Yeah. So I'd say getting one out of 75 in a pandemic is good odds. Yeah, we had some we had some um international students come on a couple of times christian came on a couple times and then michaela Uh, who is jake's girlfriend she's also in thunderbird i think she wasn't she technically a peer leader no she was in charge of the honorary society which i also was part i was also she was the chancellor of the national 
Honorary Society for ASU West. So she that also was in charge of housing. I was also the vice chancellor. So she was chancellor, wow. vice chancellor. I mean, it didn't really come with anything. It didn't come with yeah. any like perks or anything, but it was a fun position. We had fun yeah. with it. Anyway, so, no, what have you, oh, go ahead. I want to go. Well, I was just going to ask what year are you or what are you majoring in? Just some background about you. About me? Yeah. Uh, so I'm majoring in global management, uh, like Acacia and global affairs as well. So not like me. I'm the other major. I'm international trade. So there's two majors. I'm international trade. You're international trade. Oh my word. I'm I'm special. You know, Jake was going to do that. And then he didn't want to do one class. (laughs) Yep. It's literally, there's, I think it's a three class difference between the two majors. It's an extra econ, an extra extra econ, and an, an extra math and an extra supply chain class. I did not. I I mean, he, I mean, it's a fun degree. I just don't know. Like, are, are you going to do the four plus one or are you going to go get your master's? I'm doing, I'm doing four plus one. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think now that I'm like in graduate school, I don't know how much my bachelor will matter. Not to say it doesn't matter, but like, I feel like you can like specialize again if you want to. Like, I know like a lot of people are switching their concentration, like from what they thought they wanted to do to something else like a lot of people are going to digital transformation now uh and everything but anyway what's your concentration it's global affairs okay that's what mine's gonna be i think mine's gonna be mgm of global affairs the mgm masters of global management and global affairs yeah. yeah which technically you don't know this but back in the day like when i was a young whip. I'm, I'm you know, a young snapper. I was gonna say that, but I'm like I'm 23. I shouldn't say that. Yeah, you're not but that old, though. No. <laughs> I'm not that old, right? Okay, so I remember they were gonna tell me it was gonna be a master's of arts. There's actually a lot of I could tell you so many stories. Like there is the a master's of arts now in LA, but that's very different. This was gonna be what the four plus one was going to be. It was gonna be a master's oh. of arts in global affairs. It was never supposed to be this MGM. But then it changed for better or worse, which I mean, I would argue for better yeah, because it, it's a stronger degree Definitely. technically because it's not a master's of arts. It's a master's. And I feel but, like whenever you put arts in a degree title, it like degrades it in people's mind. Like they're like, oh, it's not very technical then if it's arts, you know? I, I mean, I feel like that's a, the problem with the arts and our society but that's a yeah. different conversation we could go into uh yeah. but not to get bogged down in how i feel about that uh it, it was interesting the programs changed a lot though i was talking with uh, a few different people like we have had we have so many different options now for uh i'm trying to think there's like a new one because we have that new masters of arts for creative leadership because thunderbirds try to target more like creative people like you know designers you know film people to come in and get business skills and leadership skills so they can bring it back. Another thing they're trying to do too, I was doing, I might, I'm working on a partnership with a, uh, a media company based in Europe and I'm not going to, I can't stay anymore. But, oh, uh, top secret stuff. I, I don't know. Wow. But like they, they're very interested in bringing more like, you know, government officials to get like creative skills. Like mm-hmm. there's this whole interdisciplinary thing that's going on that's thunderbird uh, in general though like that's one of the things i love is that thunderbird is very interdisciplinary i think it's interesting though well you know i was talking to a professor of ours they 
because he uh he worked for he was a dean of a business school and whatever but he came over i don't know if you met this one i mean dr guthrie so yeah i'm working on something yeah. with dr. Guthrie. okay okay i just don't want to I, I, so I was literally at the zoom thing when he did the introduction and we were chatting on like the zoom chat you oh yeah remember i remember there? you were telling me yeah ah uh, those were interesting times that's the thing too uh Thunderbird is kind of morphing. I don't know what Thunderbird's going to look like in 10 years. Like, Different. Because it's like still developing. It's like pubescent right now. Yeah. Like part of me is very excited, but then part of me is just, I feel like if you ask Jake and a lot of people, right, we've seen a lot of change. And I think we've been excited, but we're also, I think, a little bit burnt out, quite frankly, because yeah. we don't know what Thunderbird's gonna look like and it's very stressful sometimes because you know like what is Thunderbird gonna be like in 10 years like I think it's just gonna be more established like they're just like gonna have the stuff together because like the master's program has its stuff more together than the undergrad program because the undergrad program is honestly a little bit of a mess because it's like brand brand new but well that's what I that's what I mean though it's like there's a lot of new initiatives right now and I just wonder what's going to remain yeah, and what's going to be cut. Because like, is, is this Masters of Arts and Creative Leadership going to be there in 10 years? And I'm yeah. like, hmm. Not that it's a bad thing. I appreciate Sorry. I mean, I'm so sorry. I was just going to say, I feel like there's so much potential there to expand or to go so many different places because business or global affairs or international, whatever, there's so much you can do with it. So I feel like if anything, it's just going to get bigger and more established, like Acacia said, at least from an outsider view, because I don't really take any classes through that school, not that major but it sounds like it's one of the more, for a lack of a better word, innovative parts of ASU. Oh, it's yeah. very and innovative. Yes. I think I having the that. ASU's backing is so important too. Like, because obviously the story is that Thunderbird was kind of like on the downhill. They like from its peak, like when it was well, so Well, they, they did go bankrupt. Yes. Yeah. So Thunderbird went bankrupt. And so then ASU bought it and has like helped to rebuild it. So we have the support from ASU and ASU has also provided a platform too for it. So. And I, and I think for you, like your year and younger, I think it's going to be a lot smoother and I'm excited for like the next year too, to see, like talk to them in like 10 years and see how they think about Thunderbird because it, it it's so interesting like I I feel like I've lived like multiple lives to Thunderbird like <laughs> no I'm serious because like you change so much I know this is such a cliche but like you no I know so what much. you mean like like you've changed so much the school's changed so much the world has changed so much like in the past four years like I totally get it even just us as sophomores I feel like we've been doing college forever and taken so many classes and like you said lived a lifetime but we're barely halfway through our journey Mm-hmm. So oh, are it, you? It gets weirder. No, no. Are you an sorry. undergrad or are you pursuing your master's or where I'm are pr- you? I'm pursuing my master's. Yeah, okay. he graduated in the spring. Oh, yes. I, I had a cool little speech and everything. I was like a little. Oh, hard. you did a speech. You never watched the con. You didn't watch the convocation. No. Oh. <laughs> I would have gone if it was like in. It was I on YouTube. No. <laughs> I on YouTube and I did the I did the speech and and then I was there and I was a hologram and I and I wrote the speech and I 
record in this room and no one else is gonna watch this i'll go watch it on youtube oh no this is embarrassing i didn't know i didn't know you were giving a speech well i I probably would have before i I did you know what i did not feel connected enough to the school at that point to go to the graduation and i was like you're like the only person i know that's really graduating so well you were just gonna tell us a story i feel like you had oh i was you know so okay so background about the speech so i won this award and i'm very honored because it's a very special award uh they only give it to like one or two students out of the graduating class anyway in all of asu or in thunderbird in thunderbird i shouldn't make it sound that special but i felt very (laughs) special and uh basically they told me to like write a speech i'm like okay so i get to this i go into the old building like the old like arizona center i go up the elevator get in there i'm wearing my graduation gown i put it on and i do the speech and i'm like oh this is fun ha 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 i watched the i think about like a week later my gown's back on backwards oh no wait how like inside out i put no, I put the zipper on the back. Like, I'm zipping oh my, it up. Noah, did you not graduate high school? Like, it's the same concept. You forget. You. This is what I you mean by forget. multiple lives. I don't think you I do. You, I wore it for, like, it's been too long. Months. And, like, and if you watch, you would never notice because of how I, like, wore it. Like, you wouldn't notice, but I'm, like, flipping what around. What I'm, like, I'm thinking of the structure of a gown. I think it was probably pretty well, obvious was, you had it on backwards. Tell me how you zipped it up from the back, though. Did you have someone else? I'm skilled. I mean, I've zipped a lot of from the back. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> That's a female <laughs> skill, generally speaking, because we have to do that on dresses all the time. Well, I, I feel like my mom and, like, I mean, I grew up with, like, sisters and stuff, so I, yeah. I feel like I know how to do certain You certain can braid things. hair. Aren't you, like, one person told me that they can braid hair? I'm not very good, but, yes, I could. That's still I a skill, braid. though. More well, it's than like, you know. Men. I'm so glad I grew up. I'm the oldest of four. I should probably give some other background. I, like, I grew up with two sisters and stuff and my mom, so I know a lot about, I don't know, my parents were always very be- balanced like that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I learned how to clean, like, I, that's the thing, too. I'm not going to name names, because, uh, just in case people watch this podcast, but there are a few people that got to college and didn't know how to do their own laundry. And oh, that that's a common thing. That is That's common. not just a few what? names. That's more than just a few people. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like, I'd say a solid 40% of people get to college. Why would you want your parents to do your laundry when you're 16? I mean, just saying, like, as as a guy, like, going through changes, like, you really want your parents to do stuff? I'm going to leave it there. Just saying, like, do you not have enough self-respect to, like, I think it's do the it laziness. Yourself? I think it's the laziness and just liking be having their mom do stuff for them honestly oh, see, why would you want your mom to do stuff I mean I, I understand loving your parents but oh. yeah no my dad literally started us on our own laundry as soon as we could reach the buttons on the washing machine like he was like and literally so probably when I was like seven eight he was like this is how you do That's laundry crazy. you're doing it from now on wow. I love that self-reliance where you're like I mean it's like your own it's literally your dirty laundry you know it's it's not like Oh, I'm gonna cook or make lunch for you. Like yeah. I just, I feel I, I get. I'm trying. I'm a very private person when it comes to that stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to have my own laundry. I want to have my own. I don't even like asking people for favors that often, unless I really need a favor. Yeah, I'm like one of those people. You know, Uh, where am I going with this? I was gonna make a loop. Oh yeah, with like people in college, like people. 
don't know how to do so many things. They don't know how to cook. I mean, I didn't really know how to cook that well when I entered college. Yeah. Like now you just change so much. I'm just like, you know, I'm going to be 800, 8,700 days old tomorrow. 8,700 days? I'm going to be 8,700 days old tomorrow. Do you track the days or is tomorrow your birthday? So you know that. No, I, I track my, I track the days. <laughs> That's so, so crazy. Uh, that is crazy. Well, I think of, I, that's how I view life. It's like, oh, how much time do I have on this earth? You know? Wow. And then I, there's a tool you can look up. It's actually like. I literally have like a countdown app. And so I just put my birthday on there. And so like when I see my other countdowns, I see how many days I've been alive. That's crazy. I feel like that stresses me out a little bit. I'm like, oh my God, I've been alive these many thousands of days. And what have I done for myself? Exactly. Exactly. I guess it does motivate you. I mean, if you're looking for an incentive to feel like you need to do something, check the countdown. Speaking of people being so reliant on their parents, I literally saw on the ASU Confessions. Uh, I read that Instagram. today. Too. Wait, a- wait, what's an ASU Confessions? I'm, I'm it's kidding. just like people that go to ASU like submit their confessions about and them. they're all anonymous. Is it's it on anonymous. Reddit or it's, no? It's on Instagram. Instagram. It's called ASU Confess. Um, oh, but someone today, literally, the one they posted was like. Uh, there, this guy's a CA, and he was like, "People still have their parents call me when they have problems." instead of like and 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 um the thing was like yeah the parents call me and it's such a waste of time like stop having your parents call us like we don't have the answers but also just like grow up and call us yourselves oh i have it right here you mind if i read it sure (laughs) okay i gotta do the voice i gotta take myself back to like what i was (laughs) housing i work as a student worker and to all of you idiots that make mommy and daddy call (laughs) <laughs> they don't know shit and waste our time. Grow a pair and call us yourselves because they ain't going to be around forever, dumbass. Yes, <laughs> this includes you bum-ass upperclassmen too. Still making your parents call like you are in high school. Grow up, crying emoji, Tempe, junior, male. So they clearly have a lot of emotions about this issue. Clear to yes. see that it's pretty prevalent. <laughs> I love that dramatic reading, Noah. That was fantastic. I've done it. I actually have, that's interesting you bring that up. My, my teachers always enjoyed my dramatic readings. Even when I was like seven, I would read poems and they would always want me to read them because oh, I had yeah. passion. Yes. Like, oh, Noah's, Noah's in Barrett too, Avantika. I didn't say that. What was your, remind me what your thesis was? I was just going to oh, ask that. It's a very long, boring title. I, I actually looked at this other guy who's like a professor of sociology and his undergrad thesis title was a lot better than mine. I really didn't think about the title. So basically, I'm going to explain it like this. Okay. So I essentially did this thesis where I looked at international trade agreements and economic growth and connections on the private side. So like, there's a lot of research about government organizations, like how much does a country benefit from having these economic ties with these countries through a trade deal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if you take something like uh, the European Union, a lot of Eastern European countries became pretty close to developed countries or considered developed by most standards today when they integrated with the EU. And that's it. Eastern Europe's an interesting example for that because they really did benefit from being integrated into larger, richer economies. But there's not a lot of data about the private side for like corporations and like actually seen because one of the main benefits is like oh corporations are going to invest in each other not just governments 
you know, or like we look at like corporations like in aggregates like GDP or whatever. So what I did, I used something called uh, the Van Geek uh, database, which is a database of corporations like subsidiaries and stuff. And basically I was looking at subsidiaries launched before and after trade agreements were signed into law and seeing how much it was affected over time. One of the interesting, and I, and I focused on the Pacific region because if I did the whole world, I would still be doing it right now. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Oh my gosh. It, it actually, sometimes the data was a little overwhelming. I'm like thousands. I had this Excel sheets of thousands. Thousands. So is this Van Dyke thing public or you had to yes. go to another? Actually, no, it's not public. I don't know why I said that. Uh, <laughs> it's through ASU though. You can access it. Oh, okay. So it's kind of public for you all and mm-hmm. myself, but you have to pay like a thousand dollars or whatever the fee is. Wow. ASU is really great with how, what they pay for like databases. Like we have access to databases a lot of corporations don't want to pay for. I and think it's because really, we're a research university. So that's probably why. And one of the biggest research universities. So yeah. we have, I mean, you, if you can't find an ASU, you're screwed. Uh, <laughs> just like, I mean, a database. I mean, you're yeah. screwed if, like, for, uh, I, I don't know what I'm saying, like, for other reasons, but it's interesting. So, anyway, I did put, I put all these subsidiaries in together, and I did a few different things with looking at the data. I also did interviews with a few different trade officials, one in Australia, one in Britain. There were a few others. I'm forgetting the nationalities at this point. How did you, like, find them? Like, how did you reach out? Uh, Twitter connections. I know Twitter is really weird. He says connections. Very... We're talking to a celebrity over here. <laughs> I would I wouldn't go that far, but like professors, new people, or but like mostly wow. Twitter. Wow. Re- so you reach out to them on Twitter. It wasn't even like LinkedIn. <laughs> I feel like no one checks LinkedIn. To be completely honest, I don't know if anyone actually reaches out well, to people. I would reach out to people on LinkedIn, but honestly, people would get back to me on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Soon. Yeah, because that's true. Because people get back on social media faster. Uh-huh. Food for thought, honestly, might have to do that when I do my thesis. Everything's about connections, though. Even in like in every single field, if you don't know people who know people, you're never going to get to the top. And exactly. I feel like there is a conversation to be had there. But yeah. it's interesting. About that's how you got... And like a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Do you feel like I don't mean to be so like psychoanalytical, but are, have you experienced personal problems because of lack of connections? I personally have not. I've been lucky enough, like through my professors and stuff, but just looking back on it, all my opportunities that I've had are really dependent on connections. So I guess I've been on like the positive side of it, but I'm just thinking for people who aren't able to reach out or don't go to a big university, how are they finding these opportunities or getting even things like letters of rec? If you don't have a solid letter of rec, you're not going to get the position you're looking for. So That's true. I don't completely agree with that. But that's how the world works right now. Yeah. And it, you know what? Another weird place like people find each other a lot, though, for jobs and stuff? TikTok. Really? Like, you're, my I'm algorithms. Surprised because TikTok is like all powerful at this point. It's taken like, over everything. Literally. Yeah. The algorithms are the best. I mean, if I open my For You page, I'm not going to. Because <laughs> then like, that's a loophole we're never gonna. That's get another out. thing. But yeah, black hole. I've I've met some of the coolest people through TikTok. I met this Russian guy working on robotics through TikTok. Absolutely. I met a spelunker through TikTok. 
I never thought no. I would be into spelunking. By me, do you mean like just seeing videos on their like when you go to actually talk to them? I message them. They usually have their socials. You know, like I I found this guy on from he's in Philadelphia, and I just um, I'm trying to contact him. He hasn't gotten back to me, but he just has his Instagram file. You know, friend mm-hmm. him, see where it goes. A lot of these. That's the thing too. A lot of people don't get back to me. I've messaged yeah. dozens of people for my thesis. Most of them didn't get back. Right. A lot of them got back, and they're like. Oh, we'll do an interview. Never get back to me. Like I was trying to talk to this guy from Vietnam about like doing some stuff for an interview. And I'm like, okay, he's legit. He's with the trade ministry. That went nowhere. And, you know, my professor, my thesis advisor is like, you know, don't be too optimistic. It's going to be okay. And then it's like, no, I can do this. I can do this. Don't worry. I really believe I can do this. It's like, and then in the back of my, I can just tell it's like, no, they're never going to get back to you. I'm like, well, but he's like, but I'm so glad that he still let me, you know, fail. Yeah, exactly. And I was going to say, it's all about the odds. Like, yeah, you're going to get a bunch more failures than you get successes, but the successes that you get end up paying off. So you just have to keep trying till one of them gives you back what you're looking for. And one will eventually something will happen. Exactly. Same thing about scholarships and stuff, like the amount of applied to and not got, but then on the off chance, I get a couple and those add up and it's nice. No, literally the story story of my life. I've probably applied to 35 and have gotten like five. So exactly. That sounds about right. Like one six. Yeah. Yeah. But I also, I wanted to go back to the speech thing because I feel like we got totally side railed, but did you go back and re-record it or were you just like- No, it's recorded like that and no one noticed because I think it was such a good speech. (laughs) Oh, they were distracted by your words. I think so. I'm not just saying that because I never told my parents ever and they watched it and they've never brought it up to me and my parents are like sticklers for shit like that like oh, they, okay. they I remember when I worked for the courthouse and my pants were like not ironed as well as they were and they were like oh my god you're going to go up to that establishment and with those on like kind of wrinkled pants and I'm like calm down mother calm down. <laughs> this is you have way more important things to worry about like you have like three other children you know you have three <laughs> other children positives of coming from a big family yeah no literally if you tried that on your mom Avantika, that would not work you can't be like oh, no i have it like, you have a new she's gonna worry about stop worrying about me she'd be like no she's like i have enough to worry about both of you don't you worry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what do you want to do with your master's degree do you have like future plans anything oh. you're interested in career choices there's a lot i've been thinking about i mean i thought about getting a phd Mm-hmm. I'm I, that is probably what I'm going to do but then I'm really? like at ASU yes. or like at an international oh god no not at ASU <laughs> not that I god no at god, an international no. university or where are you looking at well, I mean what I mean what do you mean by international university like outside the U.S. yeah like some, like well, somewhere uh, in England like Oxford I mean, or like I thought about INSEAD uh that would be if INSEAD ever listens to this hello you know please Please set up an interview with me. Where I am a great that? candidate for your PhD program. I am committed to the pursuit of knowledge in international business and organizational behavior. Just Where so is you know. that? I bet our number it's one in, fan in is the office person. So you have a good shot with that. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Where is it? It's in Paris. 
Well, it's oh, in Fontainebleau, but it's like in Paris Metro. Oh yeah, I've been to Fontainebleau. It's gorgeous. It's I actually have not been. I've not been there. It's very pretty. It's very okay. Can I spend? I feel like I could spend four years there and be like happy. But like a lot of my professors are trying to make me go to an American school because they're more serious. So I don't know if I want to stay in the U.S. Though I thought about McGill in Montreal. Okay. That's another. I thought about there's a place in Victoria in British Columbia that would be good. I could go to South Carolina. Oh, like where Professor Alt went? Yeah, they, they have a really good PhD. But, okay. Well, actually, Alt went to South Carolina. That's another one. I just don't know if I want to live in South Carolina for five years. Not yeah, that I, I would not want to live in South Carolina for five years. Like, my name. I, well, it's like, I mean, South Carolina is really interesting because they're actually the, the highest state that it, at, sorry, I should rephrase. They are the highest, I can't see. They have the most FDI that comes into any state in the U.S., they attract the most FDI, which is, oh, I should probably explain what FDI yeah, is. Yeah, I was just going to ask, just some context for the rest of us. Foreign domestic investment? Yeah, direct investment. Foreign direct there investment. we go. Very good, Acacia. <laughs> so essentially, you. it's getting other companies or countries to invest in your area. And, yeah. they do, and they have this because South Carolina has one of the best international business schools in the world. Right, that would rival Thunderbird. And I can say that because professors. Would, What's it called? We, it's called the University of South Carolina. Oh, the other. Oh, it's, called, it's, it's called like the Duluth, or I forget what it's called. Let me look it it's up. It's the other USC, the less I mean, popular one. Yeah, USC International. Oh, yeah, I'm actually business. I'm actually curious what it's called. I know you can edit this stuff. Uh, wait, not internal business. That seems. I, I mean, that's like I don't want no. That's international. Oh, it's called uh Darla. It's Darla Moore. Darla Moore School of Business, and it's a PhD. The other option, I could go, uh, I might do maybe some geopolitical consulting after school. Yeah. Uh, I thought of even going into, like, global media. I've been attracted to, like, working for, like, Cato Plus or something. Yeah. The European markets. I know some people have attracted, have, at, I've gotten, not offers, but I've, I've been approached, and I've talked to some people. I could go into intelligence, like, do you want to do any government stuff? Like, are you interested in any state department? Well, I'm interested more in like I've thought about U.S. aid a lot. Okay, I mean, state department would be interesting. I, I just I don't I don't know. I might bounce around. I feel like you bounce around a lot. I thought about more like intelligence. Like, be what was I gonna say? I could do some of that. I've actually thought about working on Con- Capitol Hill. I have a cousin that lives in Alexandria, so it would work. Oh. I have family there. My, my uncle was in the Air Force, so he was pretty high up. Uh, now he lives in Sedona. So oh, nice. son, my cousin lives there. I love Chris. I need to talk to him, actually. But So I know I, I like D.C. a lot. I really do like... I You know where I actually went this summer that I've never really explored fully? Where? New York. Oh, yeah, I seen. saw that. You posted the pictures all super late. Like six months later. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was... Well, I have so many pictures I haven't posted and I really want to, but I feel like there's just so many that I don't want to edit them properly. But I don't want to post like bad photos. I feel like sometimes I over edit them, but like I feel like they have to be over edited because it's like my perspective, right? Like if you want yeah, to look up a picture, it's your creative like expression. Edit however you want. Thank to. you. It, have you ever seen Chernobyl, the HBO show? Mm-hmm. Watch that show, and you'll get why all these fifty-year-olds are paranoid about nuclear. 
Yeah, we just need them all to get old and leave office, and then we'll be okay. <laughs> See, I but I feel like I, I don't want to sound like that because I feel like I, I worry about sounding ageist when I say that. But like, I think all the boomers do need to like skedaddle because I think yeah. they're out of ideas. Yes. Because think about it, like Putin's a boomer, she's a boomer. All these people, I mean, Biden's so old, he's not even a boomer. I mean, he's, exactly, he's pre-boomer. <laughs> he's technically pre-boomer. He's a silent gen, which, yeah. I mean, they were, it, it's interesting. Sorry, I, I don't know if this is a good tangent or not, but like, it's really weird because how, you probably have heard all about all the articles that like the birth rates are basically in the developed world are null at this point. Oh right? yeah, no, like literally fertility is like, completely dead like europe is not even positive netting people anymore like they're negative because they're more people are dying than are being born in europe right now but the thing is which is really have you okay one have you guys seen children of men or read the book oh god you guys have to see that film it is so good oh no, it actually, no, it is. It is such a great film because it actually works better now in 2022 than it did in 2007. Okay. Please tell me you're going to watch that film. You have to promise noted. me that you are going to watch that film this week. Okay? Very noted. Okay, second. I'm not going to say any more about that. So, but the thing is, like, a lot of countries are still having net birth rates, but they're mostly in sub-Saharan Africa. So now we live in a world, like, in the next 20 years, where, like, all of the rich countries are going to be old but all of the very developing poor countries are mostly going to be young so it's going to be like this weird not dystopia but like like discrepancy almost yeah discrepancy of like we need to have people move we need to have people that are able to move we need people to be able to move freely but the thing is people are very racist you know people don't like immigrants so we have these two converging problems of like we want our economies to grow but if we're not going to allow people to come in and replace, I don't want to say replace because Nazis use that word, to yeah. help us keep our numbers up, let's put it that way, you know, like we're going to have so many problems. I mean, the Japanese are trying to strap exoskeletons to 60-year-olds in factories so they can keep working. Uh, that's their <laughs> wow. solution. Wow. You know, really? You're going to see a lot more automation. Like a lot of stuff's going back to the U.S. because it's cheaper to automate for some mm-hmm. things like you know, TSMC in Phoenix, a, a big investment. I'm surprised but, a lot of like China and stuff like that, and like Korea, that they aren't trying to immigrate to Japan because Japan's economy is like so good, and like they're like the Japanese there. are super xenophobic, and they won't let them oh, in. Really? So they won't. Oh, the Japanese, in. the Northeast Asians are some of the most xenophobic societies on the planet. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Like, like they there was like a program that they allowed Turks in in the in the 70s and it just didn't go well like if you're like a rich westerner like you know with an education it's different but like you can be in japan and be the grandson of like a chinese immigrant and you're still considered chinese like it's a like they're not like west that's the thing too like western countries for how racist they are you know they're somewhat used to multicultural societies like there can be people that come from other societies that you can integrate. Even in Europe until recently, like if you were, if you were like Turkish and your like grandmother was Turkish, you weren't always considered German, you know, as. I guess that's true. Like I always think about like when I think of 
Europe and like obviously US I think of it much more as like free borders kind of thing and that we have a lot of immigrants but I guess like it's really not like that in Asia like it's very stay within your borders it and that's the thing too is like Japan until two years ago didn't really have a a, a way to become a citizen in Japan oh. until 2019 and 2020 wow so yeah, like so now there's a so what you can do now, if you're a skilled worker, you can become a citizen in Japan in 10 years. There's a skilled point system like consider, very similar to Australia where like if you have a master's, you get this many points. If you know Japanese, you get this many points. And there's a pathway now. But before that, there was, there was no way to actually like stay in Japan and become a citizen unless oh, wow. you stay there for 20 years or you married someone, which like, there was like one exception, but it was really weird. Like, this is very new to Japan. Uh, like, even uh, they were trying, there was, a, there was legislation about two months ago that they were trying to do what, what they did in New York where, like, foreign-born citizens could, like, vote. That got completely destroyed in Tokyo, which Tokyo actually is pretty international, but everyone's very transient. No one actually stays more than, like, Yeah, it's just they're there for business years. for a couple years and stuff. And that's the thing, too, is, like, Japan, I think, will actually be okay, but, like, China like i i don't know what they're gonna do because they're not as rich as the developed countries where like they can kind of buffer and automate things like they could get stuck in some kind of like not middle income trap maybe but i know the chinese government's definitely worried about like they're they are saying if you want to join the communist party kind of they're, they want you to try to promote like a more pro-natalist stance like if you want to yeah. You know, well, they like just the, they just increased the child allowance from two to three. Yes, it's now the three child policy. Which yeah, is, which uh, is funny because like, is it because their birth rate dropped off again? Well, people are saying that like there might be three hundred million Chinese people that were accounted for that might not exist. Uh like they're making up kids. Well, well, we we don't know. I mean, I don't want to say that, but they're they're saying that the the population might have already peaked like ten years ago. You like it's at carrying capacity now. Well, it's like more. They thought there were more young people born than they thought because of of different things. Uh, I don't know. Some people say the population peaked from. There was like a study done by Brookings. They looked into it where they think the population peaked around 2012, because we don't know what the, because the Chinese numbers aren't really adding up. Yeah. They um, also, I feel like their census is probably not very reliable if they even do a census. Well, that's where they got the, the numbers from is they they think the census is off by a hundred million to 300 million people, but they don't know how many, because they can't, because I, I don't want to say like, oh, this is how many people are off or like, oh, they've already peaked. The thing is, we don't really know like at this point, it's going to be weird because China's going to have to allow more people to come in. I guess they could do the whole Brave New World thing where they, I guess, like have kids in vats and like, artificial wombs. That's also another solution. Oh my solution. God, let's not. <laughs> we, we can do it now. They did it with the lamb. Really no, but that's disturbing to think about. That that <laughs> like a as child if we're doesn't fish. need a mother. Like as if we're fish or whatever. 
maybe that's the future but think about it like women would be more liberated so they wouldn't have to carry because like yeah but but how many women actually wouldn't not want who would want kids but not want to be pregnant like i I I mean i'm I'm a guy so i don't know i really wouldn't want to be pregnant and i can't get pregnant so good option for some people though there are so many people who are scared of being pregnant and childbirth and everything but not the majority not yeah. the majority. And I feel like there's a certain level of separation at that point. Like you don't feel close. It's almost like you're adopting a child. Cause like you didn't, I don't know. I would not. your DNA that. though. It's not like. Know, but you didn't like, there's the closeness that develops from like having them like grow inside of you kind of thing. Like that. And then you take that away. I feel I like think it's a good option for people who need it. I think yeah, definitely no, I think it's a good option carry. for people who have health problems, like are seriously concerned about that people. And then I think people who are probably really concerned aesthetically, like mm-hmm. they'll probably won't want to do it. And then people that's who want to have kids, but really don't want to be pregnant will probably do. But I feel almost like that's like, not the majority. Almost like the same reason people get a surrogate, right? There are so many people who offer yeah. or opt for that option. So I think instead of having like another person carry your child, it would just be a, I don't know, robotic, whatever, man-made. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm open to the like, option. I think that is the future. I mean, people thought test tube babies were like immoral, you know, like my cousins exactly. are test tube babies. Like, Really? Wow. Yeah. See, but that's different because then it, it's still, it's just like doing it on the outside kind of thing but then it's still like a normal but aren't you doing it all on the outside it's still you it's still your dna yeah but okay but test tube like that's different like i to me anyway it's different to okay. like do that on like just the insemination on the outside and then it's still a normal pregnancy versus doing everything on the outside i feel like if you've already done the beginning what's the difference in carrying it to full term on the outside too it's literally just like a room for the baby to develop and grow in. That can happen anywhere. As long as I mean, you, you can the like right feel condition. the sack if you feel like disconnected. You can be by the sack and like caress. <laughs> 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 yeah, make your own connections in whatever way you can. <laughs> like you can anyway. sleep with the baby or whatever. Like you can yeah. still do that. Anyway, with <laughs> that crazy discussion <laughs> tangent, please weigh in if you feel like it. Let us know. What you I wish you could do like polls on Spotify like afterwards. Yeah, whatever. well, we could do one on our Instagram story when we yeah. it. that be, like, would listen, be listen to the episode then come vote on the poll. Um, but yeah, we need to do song of the week. So I've been, I have mine again. I just keep finding like a one song that I've had on repeat. So I'm prepared this week. Noah, do you have a song? I had a song for this, but I, okay, give me one second. Go first. I need okay. to pull it up on my Spotify. I'll go first. So one second. So mine is a new Maui Ricky song called No Puede Ser. And it's with Aladio Caron or Aladio Carion, something like that. Um, and it's just super, super catchy. It has like a great beat. And so that has been what I've been listening to. My turn? Okay. So I had thought of my song of the week for a while now because I promised one of my friends he would get a shout out. Tyler, this is your shout out. Thanks for showing me this song. It's called It Runs Through Me by Tom Mish. Tom Mesh. Um, it's almost indie I want to say like really cool vibe I like it I've been listening to a lot of new music here just because I've been making new friends and then also the Latino vibes and everything but yeah I really like it highly recommend nice I'll have to listen to that Noah you found it okay there's like two okay Okay. there's one so 
Uh, there's a Belgian artist called uh, Ankele. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angel. Oh my God, my friend. Angel. Angel. Thank you. I, keep, I know her. I, yeah. okay. I listen to okay. her. I, I listen to her. I listen to her new album. Finally. I mean, I really like, well, I really like what she did with Dua Lipa, but I literally like Damon's. And then there's another song that I need to look up. Uh, let's do, it's like, not really, it's by Nathan McKay. Have you ever seen like, uh, Industry on no. HBO? No. So he soundtrack for it called you take one dip and then end it i it's like a very or orchestra orchestra orchestral orchestral Orchestral. i can't speak today orchestral song uh i really like it very electronic it's soothing like you can listen to it going to bed so okay those are my two songs well very interesting thank you thank you Noah, for being on the podcast and this will be a very interesting episode different than anything we've ever had before so maybe thank you though some well, variation um, hopefully we get some new listeners yes. that this appeals to definitely so thank you for being on we really appreciate it you're welcome Akisha. this was so much fun wow thank you Akisha. Avantika. yeah it's been a pleasure you know if maybe six months from now i'll come back you know but definitely enjoyed this experience i hope this has been eye-opening and i've been such a great guest and thank you for yeah, your love having you on Yes, for sure. Okay, talk to you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Staccato. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us some stars and a review telling us what you think.